Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're back, man. Episode 186. Yes, sir. Let's get right into it. Recently, Dave Chappelle's special just... Wait, that what? was so fast. What happened? <laughs> that was just so fast. We got to get into it, man. We yeah, can't man. be fucking around. Yeah. The people got things to do, man. They do. Yeah, man. And it, one one thing that I did fuck up on is the name. I did not get the name of Dave Chappelle's special, which is probably... The Closer. Important. The Closer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, Dave Chappelle's recent special called The Closer came out, and it's on Netflix. It's still streaming now if you want to check it out. But um, there's, he's been getting a lot of backlash from the LGBT community. Um, he's been getting a lot of backlash from you know people who do support uh, trans people in X and Y. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just don't think, this is just my personal opinion. I feel like too many people look... Before you go, like, just give your opinion on the special first. Oh, the special first? Like how you feel about the jokes and stuff. I felt the joke... I felt it was comedy in its purest form, Mm -hmm. you know? But, I mean, me and you had a conversation earlier, Mm -hmm. and the conversation was basically there are people who are embedded in the culture of comedy, and there are people who only exist on the surface. Mm -hmm. People who exist on the surface is just like, oh, that was a funny joke. Mm Ha, ha, ha. But people who are embedded in comedy find the funny in it because mm-hmm. we understand the culture, mm-hmm. right? If you've done stand-up or you've done open mics or whatever, you have a different viewpoint on comedy as a whole. I remember uh, Louis C.K. said nigger in his act. Mm-hmm. And instead of just being offended, like at first we was like, ah, oh, why'd he say that? But then we look for the funny mm-hmm. in the joke because mm-hmm. we're embedded in the culture of comedy. And his delivery about saying the word nigger was funny. Yeah. So when you take the time to craft that joke, that's what makes it funny. But here's my opinion on the special. Thought it was good. I thought it was very, uh, it was uh, highly intelligent. Like it seems like he was exercising his, uh, his, uh, his actual intellect a lot mm-hmm. more than just telling jokes. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just shooting the shit, just telling jokes. He was actually having an angle that made you think about the shit that he was talking about. Instead mm-hmm. of just being like, you know, uh, white people crazy. Like, it wasn't that type of comedy. Yeah, I think he married. Um, he did the 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 special about George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and he did his uh, little 12-minute thing or whatever he did about um, them, like Comedy Central owning a show, mm-hmm. which were not really like comedic stuff. He told a story about his grandpa and all, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I think he tied like... His previous just funny nature to like those dense themes, and I thought it was uh, I thought it was dope the way he did it. But yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so I mean that's my opinion about the special. You know, um, I, I think I could go into further detail or in depth, like once I really describe this, you know, what the backlash is about, and get mm-hmm. into that for people that want to know. But mm-hmm. you know, me saying I like it is highly subjective. You know, mm-hmm. I'm saying I like it because you know I I, I appreciate comedy from a different viewpoint than a lot of people. Yeah, because I've actually been up on stage, mm-hmm. you know, versus somebody that's just a casual comedy watcher. They're gonna be, they're gonna probably not look at it from the same vantage point. But, yeah. Um, let's just get into a full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's gotten a lot of backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it from the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and he had this same, this same backlash existed on his last um, special called Sticks and Stones. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were, you know, calling him transphobic and all of these things. And the thing about it, man, the problem I have with it is people need to stop going to comedy for political correctness. 
political correctness does, does not live in comedy, mm-hmm. right? We have to understand that when people pay money, when they pay tickets, but they pay for these tickets and they go out to these shows, they're going to see things that mind fuck them. They're not going to see what they deal with in everyday society. They're going to hear jokes that everyone's afraid to tell. Mm-hmm. They're going to hear things that are not normal. I don't like when you when you go out to a fancy restaurant, you typically go out to a place that you don't cook the exact same shit at home. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to a fancy restaurant, I want the filet mignon and the Wagyu steaks and things of that nature that mm-hmm. I don't cook at home, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going out to get something more, I, won't, I guess you could say, um, with a different taste. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what comedy is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people look to be offended rather than to find the funny in it. Mm-hmm. And I think this is no different than what happened. And I, I think a lot of people... Um, went to this as a confirmation bias because the last special that he did pissed a lot of people off from the LGBT, LGBT, LGBTQ plus community. And I don't see why you would even watch this one. Mm-hmm. So it leads me to believe that it was more or less to watch something that would trigger you and then respond to it versus then actually try to grasp the comedy. Yeah. The, the first... So I, I watched the special... Uh, last Friday, I mm-hmm. think. Um, so it had been out, you know, a few days uh, yeah. prior prior to me watching it. So I was seeing the backlash and you know people talking about Dave Chappelle, but I tried to avoid all of the narratives <clears throat> just because I like to experience stuff in its yeah. rawest form. Right. You know what I mean. So when I watched it, and I heard a, a few things here and there, just reading headlines and stuff like that. But I, when I watched it, um. By the time it got to the end, I was like, "Oh, they didn't. They didn't watch the whole thing." Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm not part of that community, so I can't speak as uh, as far as like how they're they're feeling about certain things. Mm-hmm. But just the tone of the the um, the special lets me know that they weren't fully listening. They no. were they were going in there with the intent of you know being angry yeah. at it's Dave Chappelle. It's a confirmation bias. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was it was one of those things where I. I almost wish that, you know, I, I can't tell somebody how to feel, but I almost wish that we would stop having these conversations about comedy. Like, right, right. It, it's kind of tiresome when you hear, um, you know, and this has happened to Dave Chappelle since probably after, uh, since like cell phones have been right. uh, more popularized. Um, <clears throat> there was there was people in like the New York Times and different different uh, newspapers that were writing. Um, excuse me, that were writing statements about jokes that he was working out in open mics and stuff like that. And for people that understand comedy, basically when you when you have a joke and when you're working on a special or whatever, a lot of times you're going to these open mics, you're doing a five minute to, to 10 minute set. Right. And it's just a premise you have. So, you know, yeah. he may have a premise about um, the LGBT community or whatever the case may be. So he's going up there and he's just, you know, throwing ideas or he's he may be having a conversation and it's not a fully fleshed out thing that he's yeah. going to say on on Netflix, um, but it's just an idea he has. So basically the, the person I was writing, the journalist I was writing that article went back and wrote that in the newspaper as if like he truly believes these ideas. And another thing that right. people don't understand that... Um, it's a joke. Like it's not, you know, sometimes there's, they say like it's some truth in, in jokes and stuff like that. Or if you're telling a joke, it's something that you may believe. That's not, that's not always the case. You know what I mean? Sometimes 
where um, I wouldn't even say weird, but even on the podcast, like, you know, we may make fun of Asians or Mexicans or white people or whatever the case may be. Or even gay people, but it's like it's not it's not meant to be malicious. It's meant to exactly. be ironic, or you know, just it's ju- it's just it's just meant to be funny, and right. that's kind of where the extent of it is. I think maybe because Dave Chappelle is an intellect, and maybe because he's kind of put himself in a position to where right. he's um, like a George Carlin kind of, where you right. know you can see some of his things, and you're like, this guy is a comedian. Mm-hmm. He looks more like a, a activist or something yes. like that. Yeah, but. Um, but it's I, I think like you were saying, like a lot of people are going to these shows for the confirmation bias. They're going to are watching this show on Netflix just to be angry, just to have the Twitter fingers, you know, or to try to cancel somebody like Dave Chappelle. It's like not really I think the problem too is people were concurrently trying to cancel um him. Meaning <laughs> they're watching it like and he says something, they go right to Twitter. Oh, oh. You're not even waiting for him to add context. Mm-hmm. You're just doing it concurrently while you're watching it. Mm-hmm. You got your arms folded, you're all mad. And it's just like, it's stop this shit. Stop it with comedy. If someone on the street says something transphobic, that's a different story. That person's openly trying to be malicious, mm-hmm. right? If he's like, you know, oh, like forget trans people or this, this, or they say something homophobic, that's a different thing. But in the realm of comedy, when someone takes the time to craft out a joke and they do it in such a way where it triggers laughter, then it ain't racist or it's not transphobic. Mm-hmm. Just for I remember, for example, Andrew Schultz, one of my favorite comedians, he mentioned one time he was doing like some crowd work and this black dude showed up late to the show and he had a bag of McDonald's in his hand. He's like, look at this shit. Ain't this the blackest shit ever? He showed up late and he brought chicken. And everybody started laughing. It was a funny fucking joke. But mm-hmm. I bet you there were some black people that were triggered and they was like, oh, he racist. I can't watch this no more. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, comedy is not meant for you. Comedy is not a safe space for anybody. It's only a safe space for people who are tired of political correctness and go to laugh. Mm-hmm. If you don't go to laugh, stay your ass at home. Yeah. And if you can't watch comedy, then turn it the fuck off. There's there's certain comedians that that do that political shit that aligns like Hodge twins. I can't fucking stand Hodge twins. Not because they're conservative, but because they pander to the conservative line in their comedy. That ain't fucking comedy. You're saying everything that that group wants you to say, and and they, and they find it funny only because they subscribe to this echo chamber. Mm-hmm. The same thing is um, uh, Amanda Seals. Amanda Seals is really not a comedian. Mm-hmm. She's like this activist person that is saying these things and it kind of aligns with a lot of liberal ideology. Mm-hmm. So there's no real jokes. It's just a group of people laughing at it. Mm-hmm. So if you want to listen to that comedy, go ahead. But I'd rather listen to Andrew Schultz or fucking Dave Chappelle or people who who dip and dabble into many different facets of life and 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 topics. And uh people who take risks. Right. You know what I mean? Like I think if you're uh, that safe comedy or like you're, you know, if you're a conservative and you're kind of making comedy towards a conservative audience, um, it's just very safe. And you, and you know you're going to get easy laughs. But, you know, when, you, when you're kind of walking the, walking the line or like saying the most edgiest thing you can, um, I think that's what makes comedy like special to me. You know yeah. I mean? mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and, and think about it. Like I've, it's, I've had so many different. I have a page, I have like a big thing in my phone full of jokes that I write. Mm-hmm. 
and I have a, like a bunch of things I've printed out. And I thought of, I thought of this joke, but I literally canned it because I didn't know how people would respond to it. And it wasn't racist. It was kind of like a life experience, mm-hmm. right? It's I basically the, the 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 joke or the premise of it was you know how Mexican people always know somebody that can do everything, mm-hmm. right? They'll be like, dang man, I got all these medical bills. I got to pay for my. My aunt's brain surgery is really expensive. Like, hey, fool, hit up me abuela. She does the surgery for the low, fool. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I was uh, working on the house the other day, and um, and uh, my boy came over, and then he called his uncle. (laughs) He Facetimed him, and he was like, "Yo, what can we do with the shower? We could we we could add an extension onto this." And he was like, "Yeah, just you know, if you pay for the materials, I can go out there and help you and all this." Yeah, they they know somebody can do everything. You'd be like, "Oh man, my car broke down. Oh, let me hit up my tío for you, the mechanic." (laughs) Like, damn. <laughs> yeah, man, that's funny. Man, my house broke. My house fell down during the tornado. It's like, oh, oh, no, no. I'd be like, oh, my, my, my aunt's house flooded in the in the, in the uh, New Orleans flood. He's like, oh, my cousin lives in New Orleans. Oh, hit, just hit him up, fool. Here's his number. He does it for the low, bro. He's Creole and Mexican, fool. Yeah, he's half half Creole. He's half black, half Mexican, fool. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah. the thing about it is, is when you embed these jokes in there, and here's the thing, you, you have to take the time to like actually have, find the comedic value in the joke mm-hmm. and it also be relatable to the, the people you're like, I guess, poking fun at or using as the topic of discussion. Mm-hmm. Like if you make fun of black people and let's say you're a white dude and you, be, and you say something like, there's not enough cocoa butter in the world to stop an ashy black man or something like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts laughing because cocoa butter is a very relatable thing to black people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that means you kind of took the time to craft this joke around black culture. Yeah. The same thing, whether it be with Mexican or Asian or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, but- I just think like where I was telling you earlier, I was like, I think that some people are built for that type of comedy and some people aren't. Right. You know right. what I mean? And, I, and I, like the, the thing that's annoying about that confirmation bias or people going in there is like, um, they already know that they are going to be offended. You know yes. what I mean? It, it's it's kind of one of those things where you're just like um, intentionally hurting yourself. Um, yeah. Like for us, uh, we're, we're built a little bit different. Like even mm-hmm. the tone of our podcast is a, it's a little edgy at times. Right. You know, we we kind of we just had a whole little thing about Mexican people just now. Um, and 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 it's not even us trying. It's just a, a, an inherent thing that right, where right. where we just have in us. And I think um, I was watching this movie when I was uh, I don't know hard. I don't know when Hardball came out or how old I was, but I was watching the movie. And w- this is after like maybe a year or so after the movie came out. And my, me and my aunts we were watching it like on VHS or whatever. Um, and we're watching it. And it's a it's a part of the movie where the little fat kid gets jumped or something after he's uh, I think he's walking home in the projects and he get jumped, and um, we're we're watching it and like as he's getting kicked and punched or something he just kind of let out like a just a like a fat kid noise like a <laughs> and like he just he just getting beat up and I can remember oh. Like, <laughs> that nigga sound like Biggie yeah. oh yeah exactly. So he he made one of those like weird noises, and I could remember, and not the first time I watched it. This is probably like the third or fourth time I had watched it, but I could just remember just dying laughing, and it was so funny to me. Like, of course, it's sad that he's getting beat up and whatnot, but it was so funny to me that I just laughed out loud, and everybody around me is like, "Yo, like, what's wrong? What's with wrong with you? Why are you laughing? Yeah, why are you laughing?" <clears throat> and my aunt, like, she reminded me of this 
like a week ago or two weeks ago, and she was like, yo, you ruined that. Not in like a bad way, but she was like, yo, I can never watch that movie the same way again because every time I watch that part of the movie, like I'm supposed to be sad, but I right. can just remember you laughing at it. Yeah. And um, I say that to say that like that's in us. You know what I mean? We can find the funny in some of those like sad situations. We can find the funny in, you know, um, you know, just kind of Mexicans being able to do everything or Mexicans having access to a bunch of people that work on different things. She does brain surgery, fool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Hit so him, Hit me, Thea. She does brain surgery for the low, homie. Hit her up, fool. You don't got to go to KMC, homie. Just hit her up, fool. You heard of a BBL? We got MBLs, a Mexican butt lift. Oh, the- <laughs> I said of the Brazilian one. <laughs> used to. Oh, you crazy. Yeah. But no, that but that's the thing, like so that but even for me, I don't know, I can't really point out something that like would that I would deem offensive. Right, I guess right. it's some some like some uh social commentary, like some conservative rhetoric or right, like right, Candace right. Owens or something like that, right, or right, Tommy right. Laren. Um I I know that I am offended by a lot of the things that they say. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm not going on. I don't even know where T- Tommy Laren is these days, but I'm not going on her platforms and just right. consuming that information because I know that I would get frustrated listening to that. And right. the same thing with Candace Owens. I'm not just following her Instagram page and whatnot just to be offended. So I just stay in the, the spaces that I'm comfortable with. So right. I just don't understand how people can just turn on Netflix. In like that, their I guess their uh, their carousel or whatever of stuff they've they watched right on it. Yeah, it's probably stuff that has that like Dave Chappelle is over here, and a lot of the stuff that they consume is over here. It's right. probably like you know the kind of happy sitcoms and the LGBTQ yeah, friendly. Uh, yeah. You know they got the whole section. Black on Lives there. Matter. Yeah, now. they're watching all of this super liberal stuff, yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden Dave Chappelle comes on, and it's they're fucking, just like, "Oh, I should get offended today. Let me watch this." Yeah, let me let me get offended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn this on. <laughs> yeah, man. And you know when it comes to this, is what keeps me objective too. Like when it comes to Tommy Lauren or Candace Owens and some shit that. I I don't agree with it that, you know for one i don't visit the platform to be triggered and two they said some things that i totally agree with mm-hmm. so what i do is it keeps what keeps me objective is is like hey i know that was that thing you were full of shit when you said that that and that but i agree with that too mm-hmm. you know and i don't and but i don't keep offering myself up to a platform to be offended it's like okay i don't fuck with pizza that has pineapples on it i don't like it Mm-hmm. This pine- pineapples on pizza to me is just a fucked up concept. I just don't, just no. But imagine if I only ordered pizza with pineapples on it, and all I did was complain about it. Yeah. If I'm eating a slice of pizza with pineapples, like all oh, this shit is so fucking nasty. Well, who would ever put pineapples on pizza? That's how you sound when you complain about Dave Chappelle. It, it, the, 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 that's the thing. Like um, I told you, like I, I don't go to La Mina. Like oh, yeah, my, my boys, they have a show there every uh, like every Wednesday or something like that, where they do like open mics there. Right. I'm not showing up there for no reason. Um, and that's because I think the establishment is racist, and I, you know I've worked there before, and I think that. Um, the bosses or the owner is a little bit insensitive and stuff like that. Um, so for me, I'm not stepping foot in there. Right, so right. I, if I, if I were that that same culture of people that got offended by Dave Chappelle, 
I would show up to La Mina every single week on a, on a Friday or a Thursday, mm-hmm. eat the food there and be like, man, I just don't like the way the employees treat me because I'm black or, you know, yeah, I don't like yeah, the way yeah. that the, the such and such does this. But it's like, no, I just stay away from it. I just, you know, stay in my own lane. Yeah, I think we need to learn that as Americans. Mm-hmm. We, need, we need to learn that everything is not for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you need to chill. But more importantly, I think we're missing some things. One of them is, is uh, towards the end of the comedy special, he mentioned his relationship with a trans woman. Uh, he had a friendship with a trans woman named Daphne mm-hmm. that was a comedian. And um, she was coming to all of his shows and he noticed her and they talked and they formed, they forged a relationship or they, or they had a relationship um, as friends. And he said, you know what? When I go to this spot, you'll open up for me. Yeah. And he said that he's like... San Francisco, right? Yeah, San Francisco. He said she did 45 minutes or something like that. Yeah. And he's, he said that was some of the worst bombing I ever seen. Bomb for 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, and it, I think the, the, the crowd was kind of setting up for like this, this great story, but he's like, she fucking bombed. Mm-hmm. By the way, the whole time he kept, he did not misgender Daphne. Mm-hmm. He said she... Only on- only on purpose. Only on purpose. It was mm-hmm. intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he mentioned like, you know, and then I told her she could open for me and then she just gave me a hug and I was like, and I pushed her because I'm transphobic. I was like, get yeah. off me. Yeah. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, at the end, um, basically, uh, or he talked about the experience with the show and finally once she got off stage and she stunk it up, he got up there and he said she sat in right in the front and taking she, class, taking like a master class of how mm-hmm. to do it. And, and he said that they were having like a back and forth banter, and she was responding mm-hmm. to stuff. And um, some he said some asshole in the audience says like, "Hey, does the carpet match the drapes?" And he said, "Daphne said I have hardwood flooring," and everyone started busting up laughing. Yeah. And f- and from that night, Daphne set the tone for everybody that was in the audience, mm-hmm. and. She just, she just had a great time. And then, uh, unfortunately, like after that, um, people were coming out to Dave, calling him transphobic and this and that, and you know, all of on these Twitter. things on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Daphne went and defended him. Mm-hmm. And they fucking chastised Daphne like a motherfucker. They mm-hmm. just, they, they shitted on her, and people was tagging each other and just abusing her on there. And literally a week later, she took her own life. Mm-hmm. Now, what. I'm not going to do, because I feel like it's, it, I won't say it's irresponsible, but it's a lot. Now, now we would assume that, hey, somebody's getting internet bullied, and then they take their life. You will find like a correlation with those two things. Mm-hmm. So, But I can't just say that that's why she took her life, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Dave Chappelle mentioned that she ran off, of, jumped off a building and killed herself. And he said like... She, he he said, even made a joke. He made a joke about, about this. He made a joke about the suicide. He said that had to be a man because that's the most gangster shit I ever fucking heard. <laughs> and he said, he said, you know what? And Daphne would laugh at that joke because she was my people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he mentioned the whole idea of punching down, mm-hmm. saying like, you know, you're punching down on our people. He said Daphne was my people. She was a comedian. Mm-hmm. And you know, and uh, basically at the end, he said something like. Um, he made at the very end. He says something about he's like, "Stop punching down on my people," mm-hmm. and he was talking about Daphne, mm-hmm. you know, who was a trans woman. Mm-hmm. But he's he was mourning through a comedic lens, mm-hmm. so he was openly mourning, you know, um, <clears throat> on stage through a, co- a comedic lens. But a lot of people that don't understand the art form of comedy would just say transphobic, transphobic. You're not even taking the time to really like comprehend how he's telling the jokes and in which way he's telling them and how he's caught, like he's um, 
how he's kind of like mixing these different scenarios to really help you understand what's going on. Then he also mentioned he's not making any more jokes about LGBT anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, until like he said, I forgot what the conditions were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think the thing that I I, um, feel bad for the people that just are trying to be offended or that are offended is that you're missing out on greatness. Right. Like there's, it's only... You know, if, if we equate like the greatest of whatever genres or mediums, like the Michael Jacksons, the Michael Jordans, right. the LeBron Jameses, the you know the the Dave Chappelles and the Denzel Washingtons, all these like greatest of whatever medium, right. um, you're almost missing out on so much just because you're trying to be offended. Um, like what he did that with with that special and the way he set it up by kind of just talking about the LGBT community and then like in the last 20 minutes or so telling this you know story story about Daphne and then you know bringing it back home and then and almost try almost walking the line of like being trans you know phobic or whatever or Uh you know discriminating against trans people in the first kind of half of the special and then only to come in at the the last half of it and tell this amazing story about how one of his really good friends was uh was a trans woman yeah um, and then to cap it off with the fact that, you know, she took her life um, we, uh, a week after yeah. she was, uh, she defended Dave Chappelle for, you know, not being mm-hmm. transphobic. Um, but she was also being railroaded by LGBT community. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just like, that's uh, like amazing. You and know? It, what it is, is here's the problem is that whenever you say anything, you're going to be invalidated. So. For example, he mentioned Daphne and people said, stop using Daphne as damage control. You're transphobic. What it really means is you can't say anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you say. Mm-hmm. You could literally support trans people and they would still call you transphobic. The same way to this very day, people hate Michael Vick for mm-hmm. what he did to those dogs. dogs. It was wrong what he did to those dogs. Yeah. Right? And a lot of people who love dogs hate Michael Vick. That's fine. And some people will never forgive him. He got to take that up with God. So I don't want to make that correlation but or that comparison. But at the same time, it's like, it doesn't matter what you do. People, if they're fixed on hating you, they will always fucking hate you. Yeah. That's pretty much all it is. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, <clears throat> the people that are calling Dave transphobic, they need to understand that the family of Daphne came out and also defended Dave Chappelle. And you're invalidating the family of a trans person that took their life. And 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 they're coming to the defense of Dave after the death of their family member. What does that say about the relationship between them two? Not to mention that he set up a a trust fund for his daughter. For his daughter. For her daughter. Yeah. Which is crazy, man. Mm -hmm. He said, hopefully I'm still around that when, you know, when she turns 21, I could give her the money and tell her how much of a great father her mom was or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, and I was just like, man, this is, a, this is a crazy story. And I think people who just wanted to be offended, they lost out on so much. It's so much, like, it's so much of a, um, a journey, like, a, a, I guess, a, a mental journey to right. understanding that community. And even right. there, like, one of the most profound statements he said, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but when he was talking to Daphne and Daphne was like, 
he was he when they were having that back and forth conversation, mm-hmm. he was just basically saying, like, I don't understand what's going on here. And he's asking these questions and he's trying to gain understanding. And um basically Daphne said is just just respect the fact that I'm having a having a human experience. experience. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I think that kind of I think that sums it up for for even a, a person like me that doesn't fully understand a lot of the um, that community, um, and it's not necessarily for us to understand. But if you kind of equate it to just people having emotions and people having feelings and people um, learning about themselves and all right. those kind of things, you're like, oh, okay, I can I can equate that to me and my own maturation of you right. know, being a man and understand like you know not to diminish their plight, but you know like maybe my journey to being like more financially literate and then, right. you know, discovering themselves or their sexuality or, right. you know, who they really are and those kind of things. So it's just like, I think that, that, um, that statement what, was amazing. What a lot of trans people and, and, and people who are, what a lot of trans people need to understand too is they need to understand that we don't understand. Yeah. Right. And by that, I mean, if you don't understand, that doesn't make you trans. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you transphobic if you're or if you're overtly saying transphobic things to people, mm-hmm. treating people differently, openly being fucked up for no reason. Then mm-hmm. you then that's transphobic or uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, transphobic or um, what's the other phobic? Homophobic. Homophobic. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand, it doesn't make you a bad person. Mm-hmm. But you don't. You also doesn't mean you need to be like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, I'm more. That's like, kind of a cop out too. That's a cop I hate out when people do that. Don't do that. Yeah, like I mean, this is a sidebar, but yeah. when Stephen A. Smith just talked about Urban Meyer, he's like, I haven't seen the video yet, but what I read, it's like Stephen A. It's a 30 second video. Yeah. Just watch the video. Yeah, but when you say yeah. I don't understand, like, and you and you say that over and over, you're kind of basically saying I don't give a fuck and I don't want to know. That's what it sounds like. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. So when a person says a trans woman is a woman, if I say I don't understand that concept, it's not me coming from an idea of like fuck your plight, fuck trans people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't understand because my whole life, according to biology and other things, I've learned of male and female. Mm-hmm. So now this is something that I have not grasped mm-hmm. and I don't understand all the nuances or the endless nuances mm-hmm. of this. And, it, and when it's displayed to people who want to have the conversation, it's not easily digestible because there's so many terms, there's so many new languages that you also don't understand. People, this is new, believe it or not. Yeah. People say it's not new. Like, it's been trans people, but this is the first time that it has been socially acceptable for trans people and, and to have a voice. And Y'all got we, your own bathrooms. Really? Yeah. I mean, not not just a trans bathroom, but it's like uh, uh, not like because- the, It's all genders. Yeah, all gender bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah, but when it's all genders, the difference is, is it's only one stall. Mm-hmm. It's not multiple stalls. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know the one I seen it it made me laugh. It said all genders but it showed like somebody in a wheelchair. <laughs> Swear to god. I put it on I put it on Instagram. It I said it said all genders bathroom but it just showed a, and it showed a person in a wheelchair. <laughs> so it's like I and I just didn't get it. Like it usually with all genders it shows like a person in a dress and then a guy. Yeah. Right? It shows those two. But this one didn't have those icons. Yeah. It just showed a wheelchair and it said all genders. Yeah, I was like, "Is this a wheelchair genders bathroom?" Only? No wheelchair, wheelchair is, is this a is this a they bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> like even that joke would be seen as transphobic. Yeah, and it's like, man, at the end of the day, 
we have to understand that we can't live in a world that's tailored to us. I remember somebody recently told me, hey, can you not curse in front of my kid, please? Mm-hmm. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking to myself, I just ignored it. But at the same time, I'm thinking like, you do realize that this world is not going to stop for your kid, right? Mm-hmm. It's not how the fucking world works. Mm-hmm. The world doesn't work according to your child's ears. Yeah. I guarantee you, when you walk out that door, there's going to be somebody in the parking lot talking about eating pussy. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah, so I was eating my wife's pussy, right? And she was screaming. Hey, hey, you're in front of my son. Can you please not do that? Like I was saying, I was eating the pussy, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. You can't really. Yeah. Can't tell another grown man how to talk. No, you can't. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But, how old was the kid? Oh, man, this is, he's probably like three or something. Oh. <laughs> that, that kid's got the fucking internet. He's heard all kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you discover a lot of things when you're young, especially now. It's way too accessible. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you're telling me, please don't cuss in front of my kid. But I guarantee, when your kid goes home and gets on that internet with that tablet, he's on Instagram, uh, liking pictures of chicks on Instagram with with their titties all out at three. Oh yeah, <laughs> they ain't not doing that. Kids know what titties is at three years old. They know what titties is, but they ain't scrolling through Instagram because they were interested in them. Because like all they seen was their mama's titties, and now they want to see other ones. Oh, some other ones, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went from being breastfed to going to Instagram. Dang, that's a that's a clean transition. Yeah, man. Yeah. Seamless. <laughs> went from sucking boobs to liking pictures of them. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, man. But yeah, I I I um I just think that. Just overall, I, I just wish that um, we were able to have an actual conversation about the subject matter versus like having a conversation about why people should be offended or not. Because um, I think, and I, I think more so what another theme of that, that special was, was like how we're supposed to be able to have dialogue about these things. Um, they're so quick to try to um, cancel Dave Chappelle that you you kind of remove the the ability for him to 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 or for us to have dialogue and also for for us to actually learn because you're just so quick to try to cancel him and I think that's the the biggest thing for him and you know and and a lot of us too like a lot of us are not transphobic or homophobic or whatever the case may be but a lot of us just are ignorant or we just don't know about, you know, what, what the certain plights are and stuff like that. But if you're so quick to try to cancel somebody versus like, you know, teach them or try to show them certain things, then, um, it just kind of removes, removes that opportunity to learn. True. So. 100% man. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, we don't want to beat this over the head. We strongly encourage people to check that, take that out if you can handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, I think what's dope too is just to tie it all in. The people who listen to this podcast or who have been listening for some years, um, I think we've developed, I won't say developed, I think we have a group of people who can think objectively, who don't listen to this podcast to be offended, Mm -hmm. um, and who also have listened to us long enough to have somewhat of an idea of what our character is like. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a really personal thing. Mm -hmm. This is a lot more personal than stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Comedy will last about an hour at the most, but we're doing this for two plus hours. So we're having these long form conversations and you guys are getting to see us from so many different angles on the fly. So when we do crack a joke and it's whether it's about Asians or Jews or Mexicans or uh, whoever, it's a tasteful joke. 
um, and you understand our psychology enough to know who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, but the problem with Dave is he's up there an hour and he's got a bunch of casuals. I feel like Andrew Schultz is in a better position than Dave Chappelle, only because he's white. No, not because he's white. <laughs> Andrew Schultz is in a better position than Dave Chappelle because his people show up to the show. And by, what I mean by his people mm-hmm. is Andrew Schultz, people who listen to Flagrant 2, people who listen to Brilliant Idiots, who have got to know him over the years, and people who buy his merch, and people who are part of his Patreon. When those people show up to his show, those are his people. Dave Chappelle, I would compare Dave Chappelle to Drake. Yeah. Because Drake is a huge artist, but he has a bunch of casuals. Yeah. Right? So, But it's different than being J. Cole. J. Cole's people show up to the show. Show up to a show. I, I would say that. Russ. I, Russ's people show up to the show. I agree with that, but it's also because of how long Dave Chappelle's been famous. That's true. Yeah. Before the internet blow up. Yeah, prior to the internet. And also, he's had a shift in the way that he tells comedy or right. tells jokes. Like, you right. know, a lot of his... Not fart jokes, literally, but a lot of his early material, it, it wasn't as dense as it is now. Yeah. So he's had a whole shift in the way he even, you know, communicates. And I think he's just older, you know what I mean? Like, he did yeah. a whole uh, special about uh, George Floyd, which was not really even comedy. It was just no. like, a, a, almost like venting. He's just using comedy at uh Using comedy as the, I guess, the medium f- yeah. to get his expression out. That's just what he's good at. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I would be curious, you know, to see like how the shift in like the people's conversations when Andrew Schultz is, you know, ten, you know, fifteen years down the line, you know, when he's the same age as Dave Chappelle, like how those core audience, how the core audience would act, you know, you know, versus uh, listening to some of his takes on on the world, so. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, well, folks, <clears throat> we're not going to beat this down. How long have we been talking about this, man? Uh, 38 minutes. Shoot, I think you guys had enough. Mm-hmm. Have you guys had enough of Dave Chappelle? Do you <laughs> want more? <laughs> All right, we'll move on then. All mm-hmm. right, switching gears. Uh, Billie Eilish. Uh, Billie Eilish recently blamed her giant boobs on her losing, uh, losing uh, followers on Instagram. I know this may sound like a lie or something, or it may sound far-fetched, but she literally blamed her boobs for losing followers on Instagram. And here is the article. The heavies, as Andrew Schultz was saying. Yes, the heavies. Um, Billie Eilish says she lost 100,000 Instagram followers because people are scared of big boobs. She said... Uh, okay, hold on. Billie Eilish says she lost 100,000 followers on Instagram after posting a photo of herself in a corset. In a corset. It was just because of the boobs, the singer said. Uh, on July 11th, the Grammy-winning artist posted a series of selfies showing herself wearing a, whatever the hell it's called, a print corset and lace bra peeking out. People left comments saying Eilish was being disingenuous and claimed the industry really changed her. Eilish has been stepping outside of the baggy clothes styles that used to be her go-to fashion choice. Her her June 2021 Vogue marked the first time Billie Eilish shared photos of herself wearing a corset on Instagram. People hold on to these memories and have an attachment, but it's very dehumanizing, she said. I just think, here's the problem, right? And this picture got 14 million uh, likes. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
let me just come out and say this. Um, she's got some nice breasts. Um, for, <laughs> but the thing about it is nobody's afraid of big breasts, man. Stop it. We live in a culture that celebrates big breasts. Mm-hmm. We like everything big, especially in, in Texas. They like everything big there. You guys ain't never heard of Dolly Parton? Yeah, Dolly had, Dolly had the dollies. Yeah, Dolly had, Dolly had big breasts before. It was like really a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all ain't never heard of Anna Nicole Smith or Pamela Anderson. Mm-hmm. Like these are all people that historically have had big breasts. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I think we try to make people the way we want them to be, which is strange. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that probably unfollowed her probably thought like she's like this and she reminds me of myself and this is why I follow her. And then she just decided to show her breasts and now it's a problem. Yeah. Like you're you're the weirdo, not Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish is just trying to be herself. By the way, she's fucking 19. Mm-hmm. So her making this claim that she lost followers because of her breasts, that's just ignorant in itself. <laughs> that's, just, that's just dumb. And I, I really don't give a fuck to really... Listen to a 19-year-old because they don't know shit. Mm-hmm. Like your brain, your frontal cortex or your frontal lobe is not even developed until your late 20s. Mm-hmm. So you really don't know shit. You're just out here running around. Why do you think there's so many teen pregnancies and all kind of wild shit that happens in your 20s? Mm-hmm. It's because your brain is still developing and it is still like jello. Mm-hmm. So right now, Billie Eilish has adult boobs with the child's brain. And that's some of the problem right here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, one, um, she has 93.5 million followers right now. That's fucking nuts. So I don't even know how she can equate losing 100,000 followers. I don't know. I don't know who's tracking this shit. Yeah. That's a... That's a blip on your freaking yeah. yeah. That's a small percentage of your followers. So I don't even know how she 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 gauged that. Maybe it maybe it was just like she has a ticker or something. Who knows? Um, about the boob thing, I think she I think she was partially joking um, because um, she she understands and I know she understands this because um, she understands her her following. She she's mm-hmm. a kind of like an emo. Mm-hmm. Artists, so there's a lot of like kind of sad emo kids that, that right. like her music, um, and then also she she branded her branded herself, and what well, I guess what a lot of people don't understand she was she can't I think she signed her deal when she was like 15 years old or something Crazy. like that. Crazy. So um, she's just a kid, you know what I mean? She just like she she was going. I'm gonna say it, like I guess she's just going through a phase, you know what I mean, where she was dressing a certain way, and now that she's uh, 19 years old or whatever, now she's uh, stepping into her womanhood, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she's and some of this may be just like an artistic choice, you right. know what I mean? Like she's doing the Vogue magazines and all these different magazine covers, so she wants to like dress elegant. Um, or just kind of everybody. I mean, if you think about the weekend, the weekend, like every time he has an album rollout, he had he mm-hmm. kind of like he started out with the the nasty dreads, and then he got his hair cut, and yeah. you know now he uh, in his latest album he had the whole plastic surgery face and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's just like you know people kind of have these artistic ex- expressions based yeah. off of where they are in life, right? Um, but I, I think that the 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 conversation. You know, piggybacking off of that conversation we had about Daphne and Dave Chappelle, I think this conversation kind of aligns with that because right. there's a, a community of people that 
um, and maybe part of the LGBT community that mm. just kind of liked Billie Eilish because she had this kind of like androgynous look to her. Right. And, you know, and, and I think for a long time, people may not have even known of her sexuality right. or they may have. Um, she had that pansexual vibe. Yeah, exactly. And, and she might she might have said she was bisexual or she came off as bisexual, whatever the case may be. But I think a lot of people um, assumed a lot of things about her. And for, for me, I, I think I even assumed that she uh, she she was like strictly lesbian or something like that. But then I watched her documentary on, yeah. um, I think it was on Apple TV or something like that. Yeah. And she had a boyfriend. And I was just like, oh, dang, I didn't, I, that was kind of like but, peculiar to me. Right. Um, and it was a black dude, you know, uh, even that was like, kind of like, oh, okay. He looked like Keith. Heck no. <laughs> he looked like uh like a little something. Whatever. But um but yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, like um we as fans of, of these artists, um, and that's kinda like we talked about it before, like J, J. Cole's uh explanation of like how we're infatuated with, with celebrity yeah, and how strange. there's danger in that, right? Um, because you can be let down in so many different ways. Yes. And some of it may be let down in like a negative way, like R. Kelly. Like if you're a huge fan of R. Kelly, you're like, oh man, he's he's going to prison for, you know, molesting these kids or whatever. Um, and even let down in like a like a dumb way as far as like this. Like if you're idolizing Billie Eilish and you're like, um, she's a, the lesbian uh, woman that I idolize and you got poster of her, posters of her all around your room. And then it's just like, oh, now she's wearing dresses and showing her boobs. Like I don't even like her music anymore. You throwing her CDs Bro. out and unfollowing her and stuff. Bro, I don't know why I thought about this. Have you ever heard of Xena, the warrior princess? Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I had a huge lesbian following. Yeah. Huge, yeah. right? And I don't know why she was like kind of masculine. Yeah, she was mm -hmm. sexy, but she mm -hmm. kind of had like this kind of, like kind of ma like I won't say masculine, but she kind of had a little bit of muscles and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it had a huge lesbian following. Yeah. Sometimes these followings happen organically. Like yeah. Nobody really knows why. Such as like a show like um, uh, Matlock. You remember mm -hmm. Matlock? It mm -hmm. had a huge senior citizen following. Mm -hmm. Right. So what happens is is this community of people whatever they are, old, black, white, whatever, they gravitate to this content or this thing and they kind of feel like they have ownership of it. Yeah. And when that content does anything different from what is, what's in conjunction with how you feel about it, mm -hmm. you're like, how dare you? Yeah. You know, if it's black people that support this thing and then it does, then he or she says something that, you coon. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the same thing that happened with Billie Eilish. Mm -hmm. Billie Eilish has been wearing all these sweaters and shit all these years and then she took the sweater off and got some big old titties and now it's a problem. Yeah. You can't even have big breasts anymore, man. This ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have double D's no more. We need to it? we need to lift up women's voices, bro. We need, to stop. <laughs> we need to stop this nonsense. We need to support women. That's the thing. It's it, it it's so hypocritical all the time, and that's what that's the danger of having these like strong stances. Because, excuse me, on one end you can have this idea like women should be able to you know. Uh, empower sex workers or sex work is a real mm -hmm. job and you know uh this whole we got to stop body shaming and, and all this stuff and that's the rhetoric that a lot of these like liberals speak right but then when somebody like Billie eilish is just having a human experience oh, and trying to like yeah. show you know show yeah. her womanhood or what, however she describes that it same group canceled yeah exactly yeah so it's, I, I just wish that group of people really understood how hypocritical they are and yeah. it's, it's just kind of annoying
Yeah, that's true. That's that's just really strange too. Mm-hmm. I just never just the whole idea that big boobs can run off followers is the most hilarious fucking thing ever. Yeah. Do you not pay attention to Instagram? It should gain followers. Oh yeah. There there's there's women out there that don't create any content of any anything of at all. Like they just they just exist and they're pretty and they got a gang of followers just from being pretty mm-hmm. and having big breasts. Mm-hmm. I'm not hating on them. I'm just saying that's the reality. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is the girl down the street can have 250,000 followers and just be a regular person working a regular job, but she's just super hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the world that. would probably end if Billie Eilish put an uh, OnlyFans link in her bio. Ooh. <laughs> be over with. <laughs> She'll lose so many followers and gain so much money. Billie Eilish, like, I don't like her music. I don't want to talk about her music because saying it's good or bad is subjective. But she'd be like, I've been in this town, walking around I'm like, nigga, what the fuck is this? She'd be like whispering. I think she's, yeah. I think she's super talented. Um, I think um, I don't listen to her music. Right. I have listened to like her album and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, it took me a while to kind of, I, I think I appreciate her more than I appreciate I mean, I appreciate her talent as a talent more than I actually like like and listen to her music. Right, right. Um, I, I can still respect the fact that you have talent. It may be a talent that I can't really comprehend, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you're not talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So she reminds me of uh, uh, Adele, and the reason why is because Adele has this specific sound that she does, and she really doesn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Like every Adele song is somehow a heartbreak. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a heartbreak anthem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that one song she used to have? I said fire mm-hmm. to the rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adele thick. <laughs> nah, Adele done, Adele done, Adele done I don't, in the gym. Bro, bro I don't care. I, bro, I would take big Adele, small Adele. If Adele. <laughs> I'll take Adele in a box with the fox here or there anywhere. Yeah. I will take green eggs and Adele. <laughs> Skin, she kind of looks different now. Yeah, that she slimmed down. Uh, I think she's about to have another album run. Um, because I've I seen them posting that. Can you the, imagine the, the what that album gonna sound like when it come out? The new one, what you like, mean? No, I said, niggas ain't shit. <laughs> 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 she got dreads now, yeah. Well, not dreads, but she got braids. Mm-hmm. She been uh, the she was going, dating that one dude, huh? The black the rapper. dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. she going through a black guy phase. Dang. <laughs> a lot of women don't admit it, but they go through like a black guy phase. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, they don't, a lot of, like, they don't really like want to be in a relationship with a black guy, but mm-hmm. they just like experience them. Yeah. And then for that, that glimmer in time, they like have braids or something. Yeah. They, they listen to a little more rap than they normally would listen to. And culture. And then after a couple months, they just break away from the black guy. She yeah, she'll settle down with a white lawyer or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's I, I, all the black uh listeners, all the black listeners listeners know the one white girl in high school or college that experimented with black people and by the time she met she got married and had kids and stuff, it was just the typical white yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If if it's like a white chick, she probably, you know, she experienced a black guy and she's like, um, I, I know how to cook collard greens. <laughs> she goes to that little phase. Yeah. And then she leaves the black guy. Now she's with a Mexican guy and she's like, oh, I just love gordita crunches. 
<laughs> she would have to do a lot of explaining to that white lawyer husband yeah. when she she know she know how to make macaroni and cheese no, and not chicken even, and stuff. Not even that. It's mm-hmm. gonna be laundry day, right? Mm-hmm. And she in laundry day, he's gonna be folding clothes, and she gonna have a, a Latino Hisp- Heritage Month and a Black History Month T shirt. He's like, hey, where'd you get this at? Why is it a five five X T shirt? <laughs> Why does it say Deontay Wilder on it? Why do you have these Jordan ones in your closet? <laughs> Uh, why do you have handcuffs and furry dice in here? <laughs> why do you have extra large magnum condoms in here? Oh, God. Why do you have wave grease in here? <laughs> why do you have cocoa butter in here? <laughs> why do you have a pair of huaraches in here? <laughs> I got some huaraches. Oh, that's crazy. Your wife is very cultured, sir. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. There's that. Um, switching gears. Leave Billie Eilish's titties alone. That's not right. Yeah. Yeah. We standing up. Yeah. <laughs> Lift white voices. <laughs> uh, that was crazy. All right. Um, switching gears. Uh, Facebook. Facebook was down. Facebook and Instagram was down for six hours. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in there. And WhatsApp. Oh, WhatsApp? I've mm-hmm. never even used that. I barely yeah. know what that is. It's more of an international thing. Like if you, um, if you have like family in Africa or oh. different countries, like a lot of people communicate through WhatsApp. Oh, what is it, video stuff? It, it's just a chat almost, you know? Oh. It's just like, I would equate it to like Facebook Messenger, but it's just its own platform that it's more uh, what a lot of international people use so they don't have to text, you know, people in different countries and stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, well, there's not much to really say. Now, Facebook and Instagram were down. I guess they were doing some some maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, it was down for a total of around six hours. Um, and in that moment, I, I think a lot of people were frust- frustrated. And they were frustrated because their life, like their lifeline is Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. This is where they get their news. This is where they get their gossip. This is where they get everything. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is they've, allowed their phone and these apps to influence everything they do. Mm-hmm. And there were some people that were saying like, you know, I was stressed out because Instagram was down or I was stressed out because Facebook was down. And it's like when you allow something like social media to um, to influence your everyday behavior, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. You got a problem. I remember when it went down, I went to like open it up just to look at something and it wasn't. I was like, oh, I guess it's down, whatever. And then I just turn on a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I turn on a podcast and listen to it. And then I listen to another podcast. And then I think I went to it again and it looked like it was still funky. I was like, oh, well, this shit's fucked up. Mm, I guess I'll try it another time. Yeah. Like Instagram doesn't influence my life, mm-hmm. you know, but I have been using TikTok a little bit more. Yeah. That was a, um, I was going to tell you this. And this is like a side tangent. Mm-hmm. I think like for the both of us, we should make a, um, like a a goal to post like for a certain amount of days, like yeah. two, like a two week period of just you know whether you got like a thought about a whatever. current event or something like mm-hmm. that, and I think that will you know just kind of help you grow your your TikTok and stuff. And me yeah. too, you know, just being more consistent with different stuff. So. Yeah, follow us on TikTok, man. <clears throat> at, yeah. at a Trucker's Mind podcast, I'm on TikTok. Yes, sir. At a Trucker's Mind podcast, and it's it's the podcast. Um, 
TikTok, but me and Keith have separate ones. Yeah, Keith is um, Keith is Black Nerd sixty nine <laughs> on TikTok. Black Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. I bet you that somebody when TikTok first started, they probably had straight just nasty shit on there. Yeah, because it, it's deeply embedded in that pay, in that uh, on TikTok. Because mm-hmm. some shit can get on there that shouldn't be on there. Yeah, it do be some snuff stuff, especially uh, like. When the Busted Challenge and all that was oh, coming that out, was it was some stuff sneaking on there. I was like, yeah, this is low-key porno. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's weird is when you're going through your feed and you're swiping up on TikTok and all of a sudden you see like a video or no, like a live feed of somebody you don't know. Yeah, I hate that. It's like, I don't want to see it. And it's yeah. usually the same type of content. It's usually somebody trying to get attention. You know, they like half naked or some shit. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this. And I hold the screen and put not interested. Yeah. I the t- worst ones be like... So I'd be seeing that like the nasty stuff sometimes, mm-hmm. but sometimes it'd be like um, you'll just keep scrolling and it'd be one guy like, "Hey guys, if you're interested in real estate, you should do this." And the next one it'd be like, "Hey guys, if you want to start a podcast, you should do this." And then the next one it'd be like B seven B seven. It'd just be like a bingo game that they're yeah. doing virtually, <laughs> and I'd be like, "What the heck?" It'd be a bunch of old mother like, "Huh, <laughs> huh? <laughs> you said B <B9>? nine? <laughs> yeah." So yeah, yeah. Any, anybody that had to go to or went to bingo night with your grandparents or your grandma or mm-hmm. whoever, you realize how boring bingo is. <laughs> you know, you're you're yeah, there. A dry game. Have you ever done bingo before? Bingo night? Nah, not like with the elderly people. No. Yeah, I've done it before. Mm-hmm. When I was young, and I was just like, "What is this?" <laughs> I remember. Um, I forgot. I forgot where I was at. It was an elderly person. I think I was on the get bus. I think I was in college. And you know how elderly people like to do crossword puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I was like looking through the puzzle and I was just crossing them out. She's like, you're doing them too fast. Just, just give it back. <laughs> <laughs> this is a slow game. Yeah, I was just, oh, oh, hell, hard, work, chicken, butter. Yeah, like, that's funny. You're doing this too fast. Just stop. That's hilarious. Because you know they got all the words at the top? Yeah. I probably did like 15 words in like three minutes. Yeah, just like my brain. It's like, you know how that matrix got that green screen with shit yeah. floating on it? Yeah. Like I just like decoded just the matrix. the words. Just seeing the words yeah. pop up. Tuna, bacon, yeah. craftsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, man. But um, as far as uh, Facebook and stuff, I, it, it's crazy because I the way I found out about it, um, you know, I, um, some of you guys know I have an app. Um, and they're doing these updates to the app. So the, the guys that are, the, the developers that I work with, they were like, hey, can you create a Facebook profile? And this was pretty early in the morning, maybe like eight or nine or something like that. So I got up and I was uh, just trying to create a, a new profile with the email that we have for the, for the app um, on my phone. And it kept kicking me out. And I was like, what the heck is going on? So I was like, oh, maybe I just need to, to get, do it on the computer because they don't allow you to create new accounts on the uh on the phone or something like that so i got up i pulled out my laptop and i was trying to do it and then it just like is it kept doing like the error i don't know how what the error looked like but it just kept showing up the same way like it was it wouldn't allow me to create a profile so then i just looked it up like yo is facebook down or whatever i might have looked on twitter or something and then it you know it was a trending topic for however long and i was like oh facebook is down and it didn't change my life at all can you imagine if like these like apps or the platforms was racist and like you, you click on it. It says press enter, and then go to the next screen. It'd be like you're black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, who was it that said that? It's like, hey, Keith, Keith, you're black. 
Somebody told me that? Yeah, you said somebody, or you mentioned it one time. I was uh, I don't remember that. Dang, I wish I remembered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it was like a stand-up or something. <laughs> like, hey, hey, all the black people in here, you're black. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. But yeah, I, I think that um, the, I guess that six-hour time frame really showed how screwed up we are as a yes. society. Like for for us to be so worried or bothered that a social media is down is just crazy. Yeah, you're you not know? doing enough. Yeah, and, and, and I mean we have so much life outside of social media, um, and I, and I can understand there there are some people that have because um, they were saying like Mark Zuckerberg lost nine billion dollars, some something crazy like that. Um, and there are some people that have businesses that they that they need to promote as far as like. Um, you know, uh, uh, classes that they're promoting on, on Instagram and Facebook or um, just different different things that they're selling or their stores connected to Facebook and all these different things. But outside of that, for the people that are just casual um, Instagram and Facebook users, um, I think we need to really reassess how we're moving out here. Like that that time frame, and I think um, Peter Rosenberg was, talk- was talking about this, um, if I'm not mistaken, but... That imagine that time frame uh, or that time we used during the quarantine to to read books and to right. do stuff around the house and build decks and all this different right. stuff. Um, that same six hours, which is not that long, um, we could have used that as an opportunity to open a book or, like you said, listen to a podcast or right. something like that. But it's just like we're so. Co- I think that people when they were kicked off of Facebook and Instagram, spent more time communicating about them being kicked off instead of right. like actually utilizing that time to Then do they went to text productive. messaging. Yeah, exactly. And so they just hopped in a group chat like, dang, Facebook is down. I can't believe this and all this kind of stuff. So That's nuts. Yeah. They should like, you know what they should do? I wish they could shut down all social media for probably, I, I probably, I say probably for like two days. Mm-hmm. Just shut it down for two days as like a social experience. Yeah. Just to find out how people are reacting to it. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? If if some, I think you could track what people are doing in their phones. It'll probably be like text messaging increased by sixty percent. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't text people like that. Mm-hmm. I can't. First of all, I'm a truck driver, so I'm not gonna be fucking around with my phone. And secondly, it's a horrible way to communicate. Yeah, horrible way. Horrible way. It's exhausting, too. It's exhausting because when people don't understand you, now you got to write another text. It's like, yeah. look, motherfucker, you can call me or you can fuck off. <laughs> I'm not going to keep that's writing like a, ass. That's an old, like a, I guess, late 20s uh, on up. Like just texting as, as a form of communication is just Mm-mm. trash Mm-mm. nowadays. Yeah. I don't waste my time texting women, man. Mm-hmm. I use text to set up plans. Mm-hmm. Like, fellas, if you, if you catch wind of this, and you see this chick, and she's texting you, you're texting her, and you're texting a lot, and it seems like she likes you, and it seems like she's laughing and she's interested, she's losing interest. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just telling you, mm-hmm. she's losing interest because you are too available, and you are texting her over and over and over and over and over, and you are just like every other nigga in her phone. Mm-hmm. Some up. of the conversations start to bleed into each other. Yeah. So like, what happens with those things is like, she may ask you a question, and you'll respond in a way that five other dudes responded. There you go. You're like, dang, he's just like the mm-hmm. other guys. He's yeah. just like the last 20 dudes that did this. Yeah. That's why you set up plans to meet in person. When women like you, they will meet you in person. You don't got to sit there texting all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. It's wasting your time. Mm-hmm. But no, there's not a whole lot to say about this Facebook, Instagram being down. More or less, it's, it's 
we have to change the way we occupy our time. We, as Americans, we do a fucked up job. We watch reality TV, which is trash. We go to Instagram uh, and, and, and follow. First of all, it is unhealthy to follow too many people. Mm-hmm. If you follow in 6,000 people, that's a problem. Yeah. You mean to tell me that 6,000 people are that important to you? Yeah, I don't even know. I don't think. I, do I know six thousand people? Yeah, I feel like I follow too many people, and I really don't because I know most of these people, or they have some level of significance. Like I, I go to my Instagram now, I follow seven hundred forty-three people, mm-hmm. and I wish it was less. Yeah, but like I'm gonna I, do a clean soon. If I'm cool with you, I'll do it. How many do you follow? It can't be that know. much. Can't be more than me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as a recent. Um, I kind of started like following people back that that may have followed me. Oh, my followers going up. Oh, I got 1412 people. Yeah, I follow more. I follow 874 people. Really? Mm-hmm. No way. Mm-hmm. How many followers you got like 4 1300? Uh 1100. 11? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this probably says some people that you just don't deal with. I would yeah. take them off, man. And you know what's funny? When you click on their profile, you see they ain't posting nothing since 2016. There's a, uh, <laughs> there's a, uh, I actually had unfollowed my cousin once, and then he uh-huh. like, uh, he was out, out in B- Bakersfield, and then he tried to message me. Oh, but no. it was in like the, it was in the general it, box. Or whatever. It, do you accept this message? Yeah, it was one of them. And then oh. I was like, dang, I, and then I just ended up following him back. Cause he just wasn't that active. So I was like, dang, what the heck? But, um, yeah. Yeah, well, there there is an app that, or yeah, I think it's an app that shows you like the people that you're following that don't follow you. Mm, so yeah, what I did is. once is I just looked at all of those different yep. people and I just started boop, following boop, people. Boop. That's what I did because <clears throat> it's like it's not like that big a deal, but it's like if I'm why am I follow like why would I follow you if you ain't following me? That's just you're not that important. Yeah, you're not even yeah you're not doing that. And I, for, I don't have this elitist like I'm somebody great, but it's like if I don't have a real legitimate reason to follow you it's no offense but i'm not going to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. if you're cool or whatever because there's some people that i really don't know like that but i follow them but they're mm-hmm. just really cool so like internet you got like an internet relationship right there's some dude there's some people on my on my instagram no bullshit that i have been following since like 2012 really yes like, like not, when you first made your when profile they, when, when instagram first popped off and you know, you could hashtag 49ers, whatever, and there was a lot of 49er fans out there, mm-hmm. you know, whether they be in like San Jose or in Santa Clara or wherever else. And we just clicked up and followed each other. Mm-hmm. We've been following each other since like 2012, 2013. That's crazy. I was like, what the fuck? I've seen people's lives change. Like it'd be a single dude, and then he meet this girl, and then the girl, they have a kid, then they yeah, have another kid. Now stuff. they got a whole family. It's like, fuck. Like, yeah. I watch your whole growth, man. Yeah. I feel like I owe child support. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what do you think about that whole, like, whistleblower thing and then that that conversation? The Basically, she was saying, like, what, Facebook. Flow rider? Wait, what? With flow rider? No. Blow my whistle? No, not that. Blow my whistle, baby. Whistle, baby. Nah. Let me know. Nah. You know he's talking about a blowjob, right? Yeah. I, we don't listen to flow rider. <laughs> 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 he came to Bakersfield once. I really like the. Uh... That was terrible. Go ahead. Yeah, he came to Bake. <laughs> they had the, you know, they had a radio. Uh... He came to Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. No way. He was out here with a shirt off, all in the audience. Girls, no, no girls way. Was all jumping on his back. And stuff. Where was this? At the Robo Bank. How long ago was that? Probably like 2011 or something. Oh, wow! That was wow, a long time ago. Yeah. 
But um, like, all right, Bakersfield, y'all ready to fuck? <laughs> 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 but she was having this conversation. The the reason I bring it up is because um, I feel I feel kind of the opposite uh, about it. A lot of people are saying like. Um, you know the the Facebook algorithms are set up to make us angry and to make us mm-hmm. anxious, and it, it's affecting our mental health. And Facebook uh, and Instagram they show us timely things to kind of engage us into the thing. Um, my stance on it is that is true, but it's also an algorithm based off of the information they are receiving from us. Yes. So, you know, I, we were, uh, before you had a TikTok, I was telling you about like how my TikTok is primarily music. Right. Like it's producers on there, it's people, rappers and certain art. Every now and then, like it'll, uh, like a girl dancing a pop up, but for yeah. 95% of the time, it's like music producers, uh, engineers, and stuff like that. So I say that to say, like, when these people are complaining about like the stuff that uh, Instagram and all these other uh, platforms are showing them, it's a little bit of their doing, you know? So if, yeah. for a guy that's like, man, all I see is hoes on my timeline. I don't it's know you. what's going on. You're clicking on the pages. You're following yeah. these women. The people that you're following are also following these women. Yes. Um, so it's so, feeding you the same shit that you can do. Exactly, consume. exactly. And even if you if you look at my Explore page right now, it's probably J. Cole on there, Drake, right. Childish Gambino. It might be some, you know, people making beats on there. Like, that's how I've curated my social media. Right. Um, so that's, that's okay for me. Like, yeah. you know, and I actually can uh, uh, appreciate that because if I'm bored and I'm just scrolling through and I want to click on somebody making a beat or something, that's there for me. Yeah. Um, so for those people that are like, you know, this is affecting my mental health and all this kind of stuff, this is like, you should, you should um, tell the algorithm exactly what you want to see. And right. that, that starts by you following certain pages, you liking certain pages and right. stuff like that. So. That's just uh, my spin on it. Yeah, you, you can set that up. I don't think people customize their shit enough. Like, if you go to your Facebook and you just start going through a list of people and start unfollowing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did that before with, with Facebook. I think I unfollowed, like, like 130 people. Mm-hmm. I was just going through, like, just like, Unfriended. nah, mm-hmm. nope, nah, nope, mm-hmm. nope. I don't, just, I don't even really accept friend requests like that. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't know him too, it depends though. But then you don't want to be shallow the guy that's you accepting friend requests from this chick because she's pretty attractive. Yeah, and not it's the like, dude that's you yeah. know, actually supports or like found you through right one of our friends or something like that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's no point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no point. And my Instagram is definitely like that. I don't just follow anyone. Mm-hmm. You have to be doing something, or you you either got to be a cool person or you got to be doing something for me to follow you. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. not, it's like no. Nah. Yeah. I, yeah, but there, there's that, man. I, I, we just, as human beings, we have to do a better job of utilizing our time when it comes to using these platforms. Otherwise, you're just going to be the guy that your whole timeline going to be nothing but chicks twerking, titties out, and, you know, or whatever. Because there's some people, dude, and they literally, all they got they, is they duet with, um, it'll be some super thick chick or whatever. And it's just like, man... We don't need that oversaturating every single platform because mm-hmm. it's a bunch of that shit on Facebook. It's a bunch of that shit. Instagram is the worst one. Mm-hmm. But come on, man, mm-hmm. deal with women in the real world. I don't. I don't. I'm not yeah. gonna be giving. I don't. I'm not gonna be looking up random chicks on the internet. And, mm-hmm. Nah, no thanks. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears. Urban Myers, the head coach. Urban Myers got caught doing some shit he wasn't supposed to be doing. 
let's get into it. You notice that um, uh, TikTok be trying to send you them little uh, like updates, notifications. Yeah, like, like hey, such and such. I can't believe they did this. Yeah, I'm like, like come on, swipe dog. left, nigga, leave me yeah. alone. I'm doing <laughs> a podcast. Don't send me no text message. Or yeah, I, yeah, whatever you got going. It's like they're trying to coerce you into. That's what ha- like if you haven't been on any platform really in a long time. If, like if you ain't been on Facebook in a minute, like the social dilemma stuff, mm-hmm. they'll send you a notification like, hey, you have 10 unread messages or whatever. Snapchat to me is probably the least popular app that I use. I hardly use it. Yeah, I, I don't even have mine installed on my phone anymore. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. no point. So I'm not going to send you none on it, on Snapchat no more. Yeah, then. sometimes like I'll download it again and then I realize like, you know, it's still nothing going on. Yeah, it's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. Snapchat is really Snapchat is really for like single people. Yeah. That's all it really is. Yeah. Or you, not single people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's some shit going on on there. For the most part, there's shit going on. Mm-hmm. Snapchat was really big. Like five years ago, Snapchat was fucking huge. Yeah, it was popping, huh? Everybody was on it because they was like, ooh, I could put these fun filters on there and act like that's why I use it, but I'm really cheating on my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vice versa. That definitely was a spot to just send nudes. Oh, that was not unsolicited, but nudes without uh, any real ramifications. Right, because they could just go away. Right, they, and the way that they're doing shit now, they got it to where you could disappear, make stuff disappear, and yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. But anyway, um, Urban Meyer. Um, well, this is his wife. His wife, Shelly, said Shelly off Twitter amidst husband viral v- video drama. I don't need the hate. That's what she said. Yeah, I said I don't need the hate. Uh, what do you mean you don't need to hate? That's your husband. In there. No, we're talking about for her. Oh, they're, they're coming any... at her? Yeah. Oh, I got you. I thought she was saying this like- is, This is what his wife said. Okay. Where the fuck is- Okay, so this would be my last post on Twitter. Frankly, I don't need to hate. Vit, uh, vitriol, slander, trash, that will at me. This will never stop. Be, never stop anyway, she wrote. Uh, Ohio's Buckeyes head coach Urban Meyer and wife Shelly Meyer celebrate after a while. Buckeyes, oh fuck all that. This is the photo. We all make mistakes. We're all sinners. If you if you think you aren't, then cast the first stone. To my wonderful followers, friends, thank you for your love, support, friendship, laughs. I will miss this the most. I love you all and wish God's blessings on you. Okay, this article. I thought it went into the specifics with Urban Meyer, but it did not. Motherfucker. Basically, Urban Meyer is a head coach. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Okay, not that one, not that one, not that one. Oh, it's another one. All right. Basically, Urban Meyer, uh, the head coach of the Jaguars, after a loss, um, he went to a, a bar that he owns um, or a restaurant that he owns, and he, he went and had some drinks and was hanging out. Um, instead of flying back with the team, and there was video of the footage that came out of some young chick that was twerking on him. Mind you, this is a head coach of a football team. The chick wasn't very old. She couldn't have been no more than 20-something. It was a bad or, twerk, too. It wasn't like no TikTok twerk. It wasn't no good twerk. It, yeah. She needed some WD-40 on her shit. <laughs> yeah, she needed, a, needed yeah. some lubrication Loosen on her. those hip flexors. Yeah, she needed some lubrication on that hip, that, uh, that twerk. <laughs> Need to get some uh, Meg the Stallion courses. <laughs> yeah, but either way, um, basically, he's a married man. Um, he and Here's the thing that men need to understand. This is just everyone in general, but since I'm a man, I'll give that as, as an example. When you're a head coach of an NFL football team and you're a married man, you have no business having a 20, early 20-something-year-old woman twerking on you in the public. 
Mm-hmm. Like these things don't align with your purpose in life. I mm-hmm. think that if you, you can't do things that, if you're trying to become your higher self and whatever that means, you can't do things that you was doing when you were 23. Mm-hmm. You have to stay on track. You know what I mean? And to have a wife and you doing this, you making her look stupid. We have to remember that we represent the people that we date and who we marry. Mm-hmm. So if my wife is out somewhere and she got some young guy and she's twerking on this dude, and I find out, I'm going to feel horrible because yeah. my wife's doing this. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You're making me look stupid, mm-hmm. right? And that's what Urban Meyer did. But two things are true. What he did was dumb, but I'm not here to chastise him for that. Nobody is perfect. We've all done some stupid shit, even if it wasn't what he did exactly. My problem, too, is the motherfucker that recorded him. Mm-hmm. What would possess you to see somebody that's enjoying themselves, even if they're doing the wrong thing, and record them. Mm-hmm. You just, it's, it's, whoever recorded them is a piece of fucking shit. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't record Urban Meyer, man. That was fucked up. Yeah. You mean to tell me that out of all the things you could be doing in there, you could be having a beer, enjoying yourself, you decided to pull your phone out and record somebody? Yeah. Nobody's he was the only, he was the only person that did that, huh? It was only one camera. I think it was only one camera. Mm-hmm. So it's like, bro, like, what are you doing? Are you, you are you just, did you hate him, or were you just trying to make some money? Were you trying to send that yeah. to TMZ? Like, what were you doing? Yeah, TMZ might give you a bag for that. Yeah. I think uh, my stance on it is uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are a terrible team, a terrible organization overall. Yeah. I think that um, when when it just it just looks terrible when your team is losing week in and week out. Um, there's no there's no bright spot in 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 the organization, and you're a new coach there at that at on in in that organization. <clears throat> it just make it makes the team look bad. It makes you look bad. It makes your players look bad. It makes you know all even all the players that played for him. It just kind of like makes them them look bad. Um, and I, I just don't see how. A person like this that is kind of out partying almost, and they just mm-hmm. lost, right? Yeah. That was after a loss. So a guy out partying after you lost um, can be a winning coach. Like you don't have no. the you don't have the discipline in order to um, to be successful in the NFL. Because I right. can almost guarantee you that um, Bill Belichick wasn't out, you know, at a bar no. partying with girls twerking on him. Especially after they lost, I, right. and, and um, that's what uh, Keyshawn Johnson was saying. He was like, sometimes after we had a, a tough loss, the coaches would start watching film right after the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and, and, I, and I, for a young player that may be a rookie or like second year, third year in the league, and they want to just go out and have fun, and you know, they, it may be after a loss or after a win. You know, it didn't it didn't really matter. I could see that. You know, like they got mushy brains still, but. For a guy like Urban Meyer, who's probably what in his sixties or fifties or something like that, uh, um, yeah, he's, he's in his fifties. I think. Yeah, to be to be a guy that old that is doing this, and then the, to have the, um, I think for him it's kind of like he was almost too comfortable, and that's the strange part about the whole video is how he's sitting there knowing that there's so many people around him, knowing that he has a wife at home, knowing that he's. A, a figure in 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 the whole uh, state of Florida to be that casual and that comfortable is just strange to me. <clears throat> yeah, 
Yeah, I just think ultimately you look stupid as a man when you put yourself in these situations. But mm-hmm. I'm not here to shit on Urban Meyer. A lot, I mean, but dude, you can't be a head coach because now you're telling your guys, hey, you need to be here on time. You need to do this and that. But you my head coach and you chasing I pussy. See, yeah, I see. I no, seen you chasing twenty year old pussy on the internet, mm-hmm. right? On, on on fucking TMZ. And now you telling me I gotta be on time? How about you shut the fuck up and go chase that pussy? It, it, yeah. Like, go Anything ahead and do you that. say now, it doesn't hold the same weight. Bro, I'm thirty six years old and I'm too old to chase pussy. Yeah. So if I'm too old to do it, what the fuck are you doing? You supposed to be my head coach. The the thing about it is this is this is like being caught on camera, right? But this is probably a, a normal thing, you know. Oh, he yeah, probably shows up at that bar all the time, and it's you know the young girl that's at the bar, or whatever, comes and dances on him, or he might buy drinks for for the girls or whatever. This is just the first time that we've seen it, which is which is which kind of makes the situation worse. Oh yeah, but I just think overall, we we um you know as far as Urban Myers, it it doesn't matter. Like you you could do whatever you want to with your life. Um, but I just think for us as people trying to mature and, and whatnot, like we have to be disciplined enough to, uh, like you said, not be out here chasing hoes and all this kind of stuff. Like if you if you want to be successful, um, and Eddie and I are trying, we're not like uh, we're successful in our own right, but we're also working towards you know being like more successful. Um, you can't you can't move like that. That's just like that's. That's something that is not conducive to um, to being successful. Like that time that he was spinning at the bar, and it's okay for uh, co- coaches always go out and you know they have drinks here and there. But just like the the lack of discipline that 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 comes with um, like having a girl twerk on you is just um, that's t- to me just not a winning formula. No, it's just a. To me, it just looks bad. Mm-hmm. You lose the team when you do that. Yeah, you know, it's it's almost like a like a parent. It's, it's like a parent that's saying, "Do as I say, not as I do." Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm not trying to compare a parent and a coach, but a coach is a leader. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can come back from this and say, "Look, I fucked up. I was wrong," and I know a lot of you guys probably don't expect for me to, you know, to be a great leader, even though I got in trouble with this. But I'm letting you know, I got your back. I fucked up. I'm going to work to gain your trust back, but we got to stay locked in, guys. You know what I mean? And from that point forward, you got to be all the way transparent. I'm sure a lot of the, honestly, I'm sure a lot of the players don't give a fuck because as players ourselves that have played football, we can look at a coach and tell if he's decent. They may coaching. laugh at it. They're laughing at it because yeah. they probably knew he was chasing pussy. Yeah. He probably, he came, to, he probably came to practice with a little bit of white powder under his nose one day. <laughs> It's always symptomatic things that let you know that your coach is a wild boy. Yeah. He's a wild motherfucker, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, don't do that. If, if, by the way, this applies to everybody because there's guys my age that are head coaches at schools or, you know, they're, they're head coaches of, like, peewee league teams. Don't be that coach that's that young guy, the young, cool, hip coach, but, you know, you're doing out-of-character stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a coach of young men, don't be, you know, snorting coke in Vegas on the street buying prostitutes. Yeah, <laughs> no. Be a yeah. fucking coach, man. Be yeah. I, I, it's especially the elder statesman, right? right, right if right. you a position coach and you low key got some hoes, it's like it's like kind of cool. Yeah, like, right, you know, right, you right. only five, six years older than us, or maybe ten years older than us. Yeah, and, you're a young guy. Yeah, exactly. So you you know we kind of uh, you know you might have played with my older brother, whatever the right. case may be. Yeah, you're only twenty six or something. Yeah, exactly. But if you um if you 
the head head coach or you know offensive coordinator defensive coordinator you gotta at least present yourself in, in a way where um you know you're you're a leader you got it together you got the it's, it's like the president right like yeah. most presidents that we've had i think all the presidents that we've had have been um married and family and the whole mm-hmm. nine right um like that but that's kind of like uh, it kind of shows a, a certain level of structure to your right. life, so it, you know it makes it a little bit more palatable for for people trying to vote for you and whatnot. But if we had a president, I was just chasing hoes and stuff like that. that. It just wouldn't make sense. So you got to be, you just got to be on the up and up to lead a team. Imagine if we had a single president. Yeah, that'd be nuts. He was just smacking all these, you know, cougars out here. That'd be crazy. If you're the president though and you openly single, yeah. You're gonna be all you're gonna be getting the baddest. But it wouldn't even be the bad like obviously you would get like the Holly Berries and like oh, all yeah. these upper, you know, this cougars and stuff like that. But you got access to the world. Yeah. So you might be getting the South African, you know, yeah. women and then the women in England and United Kingdom and all that. Yeah, it'd be crazy. Damn. So you getting sweet fried rice. Mm. And you getting African rice. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. They call it like jo- Jolop or something. Jolop? Yeah. Yeah. That joke, that joke bombed. <laughs> <laughs> they all done, you know. I was going for it, man. I was going for it and <laughs> it bombed. Gotta go for it. That, go. that was a live action bombing. <laughs> That's how it feels in comedy when you're on stage and you kind of slip one in there. Yeah. And you expect a reaction that doesn't get it. So Daphne had forty minutes of forty those minutes kind of, jokes. of bombings. <laughs> yeah, that was the first time a openly trans woman bombed for forty five minutes. <laughs> Rest in good. peace to Daphne, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, not a whole bunch else to say about uh, Urban Meyer. Switching gears. Uh, this is the last one. Where we at, man? Uh, one twenty five. All right, friends with benefits. Um, in this. We've had briefly had this conversation before, but when people hear the the you know the idea of friends with benefits, they only think of sex, mm-hmm. right? They only think of people fucking. But I think that friends with benefits is when you have established what the benefit is. If we've established um, as a collaborative that the benefit is sex, then that's good. That means we're fucking. We have a benefit, mm-hmm. right? If we are not having sex. And the benefit is, you know, you're my girlfriend or whatever, then the benefit is, you know, companionship, trust, things of that nature. What I'm trying to say is in every relationship, there should be a benefit. If it is not a benefit that that is, if there's not like a symbiotic relationship, then it's a lie. The person's a liability, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they don't offer something to your life that is a benefit, then it is not a friendship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who the fuck it is, man. You could be meet somebody at work. They could be cool. They say, hey, I know you're working on this. I can help you with this. And then you help them with that. That's a friend with benefits. Mm-hmm. You should always have a beneficial friendship. If you don't have it, mm-hmm. then you need to reevaluate the people that are around you. Yeah. Because you're just going to be spinning your wheels and the people that are around are just a waste of their fucking, they're like a hot air balloon with no air in it. Yeah, man. I, I think that especially the older we get. So right. the friends that I had in high school, I don't communicate with them as much as I, I do now just because I'm in a, a different place in my life. I'm trying right. to, you know, I'm on this journey of, you know, being a podcaster and doing, you know, films and all these these different things. And yep. 
you know, being more financially successful and all Boy. these things. Yeah, just, you know, trying to be a mandingo out here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when, when I was in high school, my only, I wasn't concerned about much. You, you might be trying to get girls or, you know, trying to go to parties or um, trying to play football. And it's, it's like the, the, your world is so small, you know what right. I mean? It's super zoomed in. You're not really concerned about much outside of like getting to school and, you know, talking to girls and all this kind of stuff, right? Excuse me. But when it comes um, to, you know, when you get in your mid-20s and your late-20s and your 30s and, you know, and, and beyond, your your life is, um, it's a it's a, uh, a ticking time bomb almost. Right, right. You know, because we, we know that the older you get, the more likely you are to, you know, move on or transition in life, right? Right, right, right. So that, um, I, I, I would assume that, you know, you have to curate your life or yes. you know structure your life in a way that is going to be conducive to to trying to be successful. Um, but what happens when you when you have these friends that are not like beneficial or you know you don't have friends with benefits? It's it's almost like people just dragging you down. Exactly. And and I think life goes a lot smoother when you know you can call on people or you can communicate with people that are that are helpful or beneficial in some way. Um, and I think for, for us who are like, you know, fighting our way out of poverty and stuff like right. that, we don't have much time to just chill and kick it with, no. with people that aren't doing, that aren't doing anything. So I think that like when you can, um, when you can call on, like if you need, like for me, I was working at the, working on some stuff at the house and I can call my friend and I'd be like, Hey man, I'm trying to do this at the crib. Like, do you have any idea like how much this will cost or whatever? And he'd be like, yeah, exactly. I did the same thing at my crib and this, this is how I had, I did this and I did that. Right. Or like even the other day I talked to one of my boys and he was like, man, I've been looking for a therapist for a while. Like I just, I know personally that I'm dealing with a lot. I have family members that deal with mental health issues. Like I've been trying to find a therapist and I'm like, yo man, I, you know, I'm glad you reached out. I'm glad you're doing good. I'm glad that you have the capacity to, capacity to understand that you do need therapy. Like, let me help you out, you know? And then right. like, he got some stuff off his chest. I got some stuff off my chest and then we can, you know, go on with our lives or, you know, even, you know, as far as a podcast, the the majority of time, you know, that Eddie and I spend together is, um, something that is like helping the podcast out right. in some way, shape, or form. Um, but that's the except for last week when we had that candlelight dinner. <laughs> <laughs> we had some sweet rice. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Ate some> rice <laughs> jollof. <laughs> we had some pizza with pineapples on it. I like pizza with pineapples. First that of shit all. is nasty. Yeah, that's good stuff. That but, pizza uh, tastes like Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But no, I, I just think like we we I think as when you start to get older in age, you you have to start assessing your friends. Right? Like, am I friends with this person just because I'm supposed to be friends with this person? Yeah. Am I friends with this person just because you know when I was in third grade? You know, we used to sit by each other in class and, you know, laugh and throw, you know, uh, do the little straw with the spitballs in it at the yeah. other students in the class. And we just grew up together and, and that's the basis of our friendship. Because, um, you know, what what I'm realizing now and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people out there are realizing 
you just start to mature and we don't actually, when you're uh, 15 years old or when you um, in elementary school, when you start to meet like your, uh, your friends, like you, yeah. you, you think that that's just going to last forever. But once you get older, you graduate college or you start your career or you start your, you, you know, the job that you see yourself doing for the foreseeable future, you're an, you're an entirely different person than you were back in the day. And that person, like I'm on a, um, uh, I guess I, I'm cordial with a lot of those people that I was like, like my day to day guys in elementary school. Yeah. Like, who was kicking it heavy, like, you know, hanging out in the summer and all these different stuff. But now, like, we're so far apart. Yeah. far apart in our lives and it's not it's not no bad blood or anything like that but it's just like yo I, i'm on this i'm on this journey and my journey is a, a lot different from from what they are doing now so i i just think it's a portion uh, important to to re reassess these relationships yeah i, I don't think anything prepares you for life right mm-hmm. your parents can't prepare you for it things just kind of fucking happen so with that being said, you have to have people around you that when life happens, that they're mature enough and they're going to be standing there right there with you when you go through this shit. You're going to have moms die, dads die, brothers, sisters, cousins. All kinds of people are going to die. You're going to have financial ups, financial downs. You're going to have health problems. You're going you're gonna to have all kinds of shit go on. And you need to have a like people in your corner and in your life that are mature enough that are going in the same direction as you. I'm not saying they need to do the same thing. I'm just saying you guys need to be living a parallel lifestyle in order to have a real friendship. If you're way up here and they stay, they, they enjoy living down here, you cannot fucking be friends with people like that. Mm-hmm. You can't. You cannot be friends with people like that because they are simply never going to elevate who they are in order to be friends with you. So if they don't want to work to keep that relationship, let them go. Doesn't mean you hate them. Doesn't mean you're judging them. It just means you grew apart and you need to accept it. Some, sometimes those people can actually be people that are moving in the same direction as you. Like for you, you for example, like say you had a guy that also drove trucks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, maybe five years ago or whatever, when you guys started trucking, y'all was tight. Y'all, mm-hmm. You know, y'all went out together and all these different things. Mm-hmm. But you see that you're moving in a way where you're like, yo, I am a, I'm a boss. Like you have these positive self-talks to where mm-hmm. you're like, yo, I'm, I am, you know, I am more than sitting on this truck for mm-hmm. 12, 15 hours a day or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. And this person is just stuck like mentally, like in the rat race. Mm-hmm. Um, so it even happens in, in those cases yeah. where that person that you are, that are like, you you would deem as like successful or as successful as you, right? But they're mentally they're just not where you are at, and true. you got to you got sometimes even move on from those people. Yeah, that's true. That, mm-hmm. That's basically the same thing I was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think ultimately too, though, man, this like nothing prepares you for life. Life just kind of happens, mm-hmm. right? And when life happens, you have to have a nucleus around you. Mm-hmm. That allows you that that basically like when you can't support yourself, like you have like a group around you that when you fall down, the 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 people and the life that you have already established will keep you afloat. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a person that has a strong network of friends, reliable people, yeah. and you're always you're supporting them and they're supporting you, you guys are cool, and then you fall down, they're gonna be right there to be there with you. Yeah. But when you have a bunch of friends that you're that you're um, that you're the one that's always helping, when the help is one sided or whatever's going on, then ultimately there's no benefit in addition to 
that person can't do shit for you. Yeah. Cause shit gets tough, man. Like, like right, like even right now, for example, this is kind of I won't say it's apples and oranges. But like I'm going through stuff, you know, you know, with the reality of I don't know how long my father's gonna be on this planet. Mm-hmm. So like if if and I know this is this is may not be correlated, but mm-hmm. if I'm talking to a chick and this is something about her that I'm not feeling, I just cut her off. I got bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of like I'm 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 cool off you. But if I was to meet a woman that understood my situation or had a situation kind of like it and we meshed, then I know I could keep her around mm-hmm. just based off of the maturity and what she offers me and what I offer her. Mm-hmm. But if somebody is just doing too much, I already got too much going on in my life. Mm-hmm. The same way is if you're a person that has friends or friend or whoever and they just, they're so like stuck Mm-hmm. While you're attempting to be your higher self, it's just a waste of time of even having them around. Yeah, and and it doesn't even have to be any bad bad blood. It, it yeah. doesn't even take a conversation. I think I think um, we always say like uh, like when they talk about romantic relationships, they mm-hmm. say it's work. Like you have to work on learning each other and mm-hmm. all this type of things. I don't think we should work to have friends. No, that should you be effortless. I mean? Yeah, it should be effortless because a lot of your friends are already people you mesh with. Y'all like the same music. Mm-hmm. Y'all like the same mm-hmm. uh, restaurants or you eat the same food or whatever the case may be. That's supposed to be stuff where you spend X amount of time together doing the things that you like to do together. Right. But if you're having to like put forth um, effort into a friendship like you are in a marriage or something like that, you oh. should just find some new friends. Right. Every friendship should have benefits. Yeah. Every single one. <clears throat> Every single one. If there, if there is none, then... I think somebody says something like, you know, um, it says something like the the values. It's something, I forgot what it said, like what you could do for them. Or no, uh, the measure of a person is what you could do for someone that can't do anything for you or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that only applies when a person's homeless or down in their luck. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm helping somebody that's homeless or something, that's one thing. But if if I have a whole able-bodied adult that refuses to advance themselves, mm-hmm. then fuck you. Mm-hmm. I don't got time for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I may be saying fuck you. That don't mean I hate you. But when you don't offer me nothing, you got to go. Mm-hmm. You got to go, man. Yeah, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna be wasting my. T- I'm 36 years old. I don't have time to waste. And people would be like, "That's not very old. He's only 36." But what the fuck am I gonna do? Drag this whole friendship or whatever it is for another seven, eight years, and now we're almost in our fucking 50s. And I'm just trying to be. Like, I'm no. trying to be your friend. That no, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. No, yeah. I, I th- that's the thing for me. Like I can, um, like I guess, disconnect in a way where I'm just mm-hmm. like. Like I, I said it like this, like there there's some people that I I don't talk like that were super cool in high school or elementary school that um I don't talk to as regularly anymore. Um, but I was just like if whomever were to just pass away at, at this current moment, mm-hmm. um like for instance, um not to like sadden a podcast, but I had a friend from elementary school that passed away maybe last week or something like that. Wow, no way. Yeah, and um like we didn't have like we were super cool, like third grade or whatever, and then mm-hmm. like uh, junior high, we were like we were cool, but we didn't. We were like more cordial, and then high school came around, we were really like more like, "Hey, what's up, man? How you doing?" That kind of thing, right? Is that the? I think it was the funeral everybody was at. 
Uh, I don't know if he's had a funeral yet. Oh, okay. yeah. This only happened like a few days ago, okay. and it, they have funerals are backed up like three, four weeks these days. But damn, um, yeah, because COVID and stuff. But I say that to say, like, I am content with our relationship. I'm content with the fact that we were super tight once upon a time. Like, used to walk home from school together and all, and all these different things. Right. Um, but as we grew older, like, you know, we didn't really have a real relationship after that. Like, I'm, I'm content with knowing that certain relationships were moments in my life. Like, we had a great time, like, super fun times at lunchtime or, you know, playing football together, whatever the case may be. But I'm not harping on the fact that I am trying... I'm trying to like keep keep these things going. Like I, I'm completely okay with that. It, it would be different if it's like, you know, like a, a parent or a brother or something like that. Those are t- you know, you have like blood relationships with right. these people, so you wanna you wanna make those things work. But as far as a friend goes, I, I just understand the nature of human beings that and 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 understand seasons in a way yes. that it's like, hey, this is just this is just a moment in my life, and you know we're gonna have the, the ability to reminisce and you know, even like if you see you, we talked about like seeing old football guys and yeah, like, hey, what's up, fingers? Hey, what's up, McGee? Old teammates. And you chop it up like, man, I, I remember when you know uh, in practice that time and blah blah blah, and y'all have that moment and mm-hmm. then you just go on with your life, right? Hundred mm-hmm. percent, yeah, because you know that moment meant a lot to you mm-hmm. as a, as a, as a collaborative, but yeah. Like you're grown, you're grown men now. Mm-hmm. So that time is over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Um, I don't know why I was thinking about when you mentioned the third grade. I just thought about crayons. <laughs> there was this kid in my class that used to eat crayons, man. Really? They used to have to stop him. It'd be weird. I'd be seeing. I haven't seen that personally, but uh, I've heard of, of stuff like or eating glue and stuff. Yeah, like eating that. glue and mm-hmm. crayons, like eating your own boogers. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. The kids, I've ever. The oh. This kid sneezed, and I remember one day this kid sneezed, and I think it was like the the third grade. I think it was fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Sneeze, fucking kids be having weird boogers that come out. Mm-hmm. Kids got these weird animated cartoon boogers. Yeah, he went boom, a bunch of snot blew all over his face, mm-hmm. and he just went like and just started eating it. I'm like, oh <laughs> my god! And right. he he thought here's the thing, he thought nobody could see it. Yeah, he was standing outside the fucking. Uh, you remember back in the day they had those windows that you took that stick. You took the stick to, to close push it up, push it up or yeah. close it down. Mm-hmm. Well, those windows were up. It was during the winter time. They were all closed, and it had a tent on it. Yeah, you remember right? You had like a little light tent. Yeah. So I guess the kid didn't realize it was people inside the class, and we all seen him eat his burgers. It was like, Ugh. Uh. and the teacher was like, "Hey, just pay attention to what I'm saying." We was like, "Man, you can't he pay eat, attention. To that. He, he eating, eating boogers over there, yo. He got a booger burger over there. He eating mad boogers, yo. I remember my niece. That's um, where COVID came from." <laughs> <laughs> I remember my niece had ate her booger once. So she no. was like picking her. She was probably like two, I would say like two or three, something like yeah. super young, right? And um, I was like making fun of her and she got mad that I was starting to make fun of her. I was like, uh, you eating your boogers? She's like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, you got to stop that at a young age. How you gonna get mad at me? You eating your boogers? You got to stop behaviors like that at a young age because people will get older and like they'll still do it. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen some people that was in their thirties that still suck on their thumb, bro. Yeah, and I'm like, why? How the fuck? How are you still doing this? Mm -hmm. And they suck on their thumb so much that they thumb be deformed and they teeth and they teeth like in the Mm -hmm. front. You be like, Mm -hmm. what the who's? 
And they just be standing there with their thumb in their mouth. Mm-hmm. You be like, yo, what are you doing? It's like a soggy thumb, huh? You're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, you got to break those habits for sure. I don't know how you break it now. Like every time they put their thumb in their mouth, you just slap them. I, I know even, uh, uh, and I don't know if he still does it now, but I remember one of my guys in uh, elementary school, he was he used to bite his nails a lot. Like a, oh, a yeah, I know some people. It would be super like- Nubby. Nah, yeah, gnawed off or whatever. And his <laughs> his mom put the like the clear nail polish so he wouldn't. Really? So every time he put it in his mouth, he t- basically tasting chemicals and- I don't know if it helped or not, but yeah. The only problem is, is like, what if you start liking the taste of the chemicals? I mean, because kids used to eat crayons, my guy. So it's like, yeah, like this is just like them crayons. <laughs> I've seen kids eat crayons. I've seen kids eat, fuck, erasers. Erasers. Oh man, kids used to chew erasers like gum, dude. Kids eat weird, man. Yeah. Yo, I remember. Uh, Back in school, one of the most annoying things that almost most people did, I guess they did it for attention, they would get up and sharpen their pencil on that loud-ass sharp, uh, the sharpen it with spin. the crank. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you would, some people would do it to be annoying. Like, yeah. I, I know for me, I don't know why I said like so loud, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know for me, like, when you want some attention or something, you might be bored in class, you will get up, and the teacher may even be teaching, and you just like... <laughs> Did you guys have the 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 ones you the electric you ones? Mm-hmm. The ones that will fucking run out of battery. Yeah, you put it in there and it just fuck your pencil up. Yeah, instead of like sharpening it, sharp it, just going. It's just eating your pencil. It's just eating my shit up. Yeah, and then when you pull it out, it's all deformed and not really. Mm-hmm. You're like what the? But fuck? no, when when you got the newer like the newer newer ones and you yeah. put that mug in there, it's sharpening them up like pristine. Really, like the perfect you know the perfect little cone is at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember them old school t- uh, can openers? Mm-hmm. You put the thing and they spin around. Yeah. We had the old one, but that motherfucker, it took forever to open one can. Really? Man. That <laughs> motherfucker was from the 60s, man. <laughs> I don't know about everybody else, but some black folks be having old like kitchenware that yeah. has been discontinued for like 40 years. You got like civil rights uh, can openers or something. You got a Martin Luther King can opener. <laughs> <laughs> I have a dream that someday this can of tuna going to open up. <laughs> we'll come together and get these raviolis out of this can. <laughs> From pinto beans to black eyed peas, we're going to get these cans open. <laughs> Chef Boy RD. <laughs> <laughs> Beef macaroni <laughs> Civil rights movement <laughs> Oh man Yes we can <laughs> You said what? Yes we can <laughs> Oh that was the sign right there Oh man Shout out to Martin Luther King <laughs> Billy Eilish got some nice titties <laughs> Oh man! Oh, all right, man. Crazy. Let's go ahead and get out of here. <laughs> all right, folks. For all those who have listened to this podcast and made it to the end, man, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. I'm K Fings. Beef macaroni. <laughs> I have a dream that someday a Trucker's Mind podcast will rise up. <laughs> It's unfair to tell the bootless man to. That's crazy. All right, let's get out of here, man. All right, man. All right.
If you made it to the end of this episode, man, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We're out of here. Peace.